Hey everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Jessica Stevens here, your host of I Just Blank Now What. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to another episode this week. I'm so excited to have my guest come on and share her story with you real soon. I know I say that every week that the stories are the best, but it's true and my guests are so wonderful. So I'm super, super grateful. This guest today, her name is Tanya Hales, and she was introduced to me through another mutual friend. So, hey, if you're listening and you know somebody who has a great story, hook me up with them. I always want to hear from all of you and meet the wonderful people in your lives, too. So today's story is, I just broke up with my boyfriend and found out I'm pregnant. Now what? Yes, we're going there, my friends, today. And Tanya is telling you the story behind the story of how her life totally changed in that moment. So Tanya is an award-winning creative, authentically telling stories, creating change, building movements through the online global village of almost 30,000 Black Moms Connect, making DEI work real and relatable through her firm, Color in White Spaces, and a thought leader on black motherhood recently doing a TED Talk on the very subject from editorial and social media copywriting to racial representation to public speaking. Tanya brings her fresh brand of authenticity everywhere she goes using the power of storytelling to change the world. So today she is sharing her personal story of how she learned that she was pregnant with her little son, Jackson. So without further ado, let's get to the now what. Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank, now what? Me too, friend, me too. I've had quite a few actually, and in the moment, I never knew what I was gonna do next. Of course, I had to figure it out, sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own I just blank now what stories so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Hey friends, are you having a I just feel sluggish now what moment? Me too. And when I'm feeling a little low and need to pick me up, I turn to the Arbonne 30 Days to Healthy Living program to help me reset. It's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. The 30 Days to Healthy Living acts as a reset in establishing healthy habits so you can get more energy and feel fit with clean vegan nutrition. Arbonne's mission is to empower people to flourish with sustainable, healthy living. So the 30 Days to Healthy Living set and program are specifically designed to do just that. It helps you identify foods that might not be serving your body well, while you focus on adding nutrient-dense, plant-based whole foods into your daily routine, creating sustainable habits for a healthy lifestyle that lasts. So if you want to get started on your path to healthy living with our number one nutrition set featuring nine plant-powered products that make healthy living easy, head over to jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com and click on the Healthy Living tab and check out the program. Join me each month as I help dozens of people feel fit and their best with this amazing program. 
It's definitely not a diet. It's a lifestyle. And if you want to live well and feel fit, join us on the next 30 days to healthy living. So head over to jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com, check out that healthy living tab, and let's help you go from feeling sluggish to feeling great. Well, hello, Miss Tanya. Hi. Good morning. So great to see your beautiful face. How you doing? You know, I'm good. I'm tired, but I think when you're a parent, that's like an everyday existence. So <laughs> I'm just going to go with that. But go with overall, it. it's an exciting day. The Raptors season starts today. So it's a good energetic day. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so excited for you to join with us today and have this awesome conversation as it relates to why you're so tired because you're a mom. But before we get into your story, which we're going to unpack in a minute, what do you want the people to know about you? Obviously, I just read your wonderful bio to everybody and all of some of your amazing accomplishments. But I always like guests to like share something that they want people to know about them. I am... A planner file, meaning like an agenda, like notebook, pen, stationary girl. I have like a secret IG account that's dedicated solely to like my planner things. And it <gasps> gives me so much joy. And yeah, it makes me happy. So I'm truly seven years old and love stickers. Okay. You and my sister would be besties. She is the same. She like the washi tape, the yep. stickers, all the things like all she goes into Michael's and can spend a thousand dollars easily. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. So you're, I love a good notebook too. So yeah, that agenda in high school was life. Listen, you know, we need to bring that back. Like writing things down really does things to the brain. Like there's studies to prove this, but I'm just like, you know, and then it like gets you something exciting to look forward to, like breaking it open in the new year. It's ridiculous, but it, that it's brings you things. It's the small things. I love it. I love it. Okay, cool. Good to know about you, Tanya. Maybe some Christmas presents will be coming your way with some stickers. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? All right. So we got a juicy story today that you are going to be sharing with the world. And that is how you became a mom. And it so happened to have been tied up also with breaking up with your boyfriend. So I just broke up with my boyfriend and found out I'm pregnant. Now what story? So I'm not going to say anything else. I'm just going to hand the microphone to you. You're going to wind us back the tape. What? 11 years ago, your son's what? 11. Yeah. He's 10. So basically 11 11 years years ago. ago. Oh, I was right on that one. Take us back. Talk. Let's talk a little bit about the relationship. Went went sideways, the decision to break up and then that peeing on the stick. Uh, Yeah. So I, you know, I hope that the folks, you know, grab your tissues and also, you know, don't shake your head at me too, too much. I'd like to say that I was young and foolish, but I was 33. So I wasn't that young, but yeah. So back in 2010, 2011, I had broken up with my long distance boyfriend in New York, I think maybe a couple of years prior. So I'm single. I live on my own. I'm childless, working, you know, living the single girl in the city life, hot girl, Toronto, summer, spring, fall, winter. The knees were better than they are today. Like good things were going on for me. But in the relationship realm, I really didn't have the same level of confidence, which I think you earn when you get older, right? And to know your worth and whatever. So, and this was like BBM, Blackberry Messenger days. This is, you know, like no social media really, or like early days of Twitter and stuff. So I met him like really just chatting online, like on Twitter, he's local, which I was really looking for. Cause I was like, I can't do the long distance thing just really took 
everything out of me. So I was like, okay, he's local. We're into the same things. You know, he was doing things in the music scene in Toronto. I was like, great, fantastic. We met up and, you know, I mean, the sex was glorious. I think I'm allowed to say that. And I was like, okay, great. And, but then, you know, I got to know him, you know, on a different level than the horizontal mambo there. And, you know, I was just like, this is not for me. Tanya, you're smarter than this. Like he's younger, like not really going in the same direction. He doesn't really seem to want a relationship. Like you should and could be able to extract yourself. But when you're in something like, you know, hindsight is of course, 2020, we were just on and off. And I'll never forget one day, like I use my social medias to vent, right? And like, I won't blatantly say names or people, but I'll just be like, you know, it'd be nice to be treated with some respect. And of course he saw that and he got mad and he's like, don't use social medias to subtweet me. I'm like, I can do whatever I want. They're my social medias. And like, it was a lot of that clashing. So I'm like, how can we be so good in one arena and so not good in another? So we were on and off for basically the year, which again, like Tanya, why? Like in hindsight, red flag, red flag. (laughs) you know, so many, so, so many, but I hadn't had my list of what I prioritized, what was important to me. And again, who I was, despite yes, being 33 and I'm like, okay, I'm a grown adult. I should know things. I'm ready to settle down. I know I want to get married and have babies, but there was just something about that era that I was in. I think part of it is like when you're, you know, a thick black girl in a very multicultural city, but like the size, you know, plays into it. So like sometimes you do, you know, when you're plus size, sometimes you do just settle for what you are being offered. Like, and I speak for myself, I don't speak for all plus size people, but I think that is if I had to therapize myself and making up words now, that was probably a big chunk of it, right, Mm -hmm. is, you know, someone who made me feel attractive and made me feel sexy in the body that I had and not the body that I wanted. So that was on and off. And then finally, you know, so fast forward to December 2011, I was just like, you know what, New Year's resolutions, I'm like, I resolute to not go into a new year with this relationship like, this is crazy. Like I'm done. I, you know, resigned myself to like talking it up to a terrible experience that we'll just push under the rug and call it a day. It'll be journaled in your notebook. You're going to go back and laugh about it. Remember that time when I dated that guy? (laughs) So crazy. I mean, sex was great, but you know, 10 out of 10 would not recommend going back. And, you know, he is just like, no, like, like, let's talk about this. I'm coming over. And I'm like, And I gave him all the excuses. I'm like, my place is a mess. I'm just like, I what? Like, I gave him all sorts of things to be like, no, like, don't do that. Because I, I'm like, clearly, when it comes to you, I have no willpower. And so you coming into my house is not going to end well. It's gonna end not end well. And of course, you know, we ended up doing the thing. And then I was just like, I can't. Like, no, full stop. Whatever. And uh, I wasn't on birth control at the time. So I went and got plan B within my three day allotment thing, just to make sure I was just like, you know, to be on the safe side. And then, you know, I'm pretty consistent and regular with my periods. I was just like, okay, this is bizarre. And I've had like scares before where it was just like a week late, but I wasn't really thinking that I was pregnant. I had no 
feelings or thoughts or otherwise peed on a stick. And I was like, hot damn. Yeah, that that's probably accurate. So much of my life just like flashed before me. I'm like, you know, what do I do? How, <laughs> like what? Like I'm, a, I'm an event planner. So like planning and logistics and pivoting really quickly is part of what I do for a living. And now here's this huge life altering thing. Cause either I obviously I have two choices. I can go the route of, you know, terminating the pregnancy or I can continue along with it. And, you know, went back and forth, spoke to a friend of mine who's had an abortion and I'm like, Hey, like physically and emotionally, what was this process like? Like, what am I in for potentially in these things? I did hit him up and say, Hey, like we need to talk. I had to unblock him to say like, Hey, like we need to talk. And he was just like, oh, you block me now. You want to talk? And I'm just like, we have to have a conversation. And it was highly unpleasant. You know, he accused me of trying to trap him. And I'm like, I trap you with what? Like, I wanted to break up with you. Also, you're not a celebrity, like, or an athlete with millions of dollars. Like how trap you how and with what, sir? So I was just like, okay, that's how this is going. I clearly, you want no parts. And that's that. And that was the, you know, the last time we'd had any communication until he decided to resurrect from the dead like a year ago. That's a whole other podcast. So in the time, you know, wrestled with it, wrestled with it. And at the end of the day, I said, I don't want him to be the, I'm like, nothing with the woman's body (laughs) insides is guaranteed and promised. And I'm like, if this is my only opportunity to become a mother, say I terminate this pregnancy and I'm never able to, conceive again or have a child again do I want him to be the reason for this lifelong regret and that was ultimately how I made the decision to continue on and I had a really good relationship with my mom and I really wanted to be the daughter that did things quote-unquote the right way you know get a job go to university get a job get married have babies buy a house you know the white picket fence story So I was terrified to tell her. And so I went up there, sat in the chair that's only reserved for special guests. Everyone knows the chair in your parents' house that is only reserved for special guests. And I told her and I bawled my eyes out. (laughs) And she's like, why are you? So she was so confused. And I'm just like, I'm a disappointment. She's like, you, you know, you're 30. You are established in your career. You know what you're doing you know, you basically raised your two younger siblings, you were born to be a mother, like, you got this. And I was like, Oh, all right. I mean, yeah, that does all make sense. But hearing it from her was really important. Yeah, validating it for you very much so but pregnancy is not meant to be done solo, right? It's not built for that the ultrasounds appointments, the nursing and birthing class, it, I was constantly reminded of my aloneness in going through my pregnancy. And I was very quiet as social, you know, Facebook and Twitter as I was, I didn't put this anywhere on socials. I didn't put on social, I didn't put on Facebook that I was pregnant until September and I gave birth three weeks later. Yeah. I was just like, hi, this is the thing that I'm doing. Bye. And I'll never forget to, there's so many, like, you know, the movie inside out and those like core memories that they mm-hmm. have. I'm um, just like, there's so many of those for me in, in, in the pregnancy process. So I'd had a falling out with a friend 
And then she hit me up. I want to say like, it was before I moved. So let's say June. So I'm in my pregnancy, you know, baby is kicking and everything is happening. And she's like, Hey, I know that you're a really big fan of the Philadelphia Eagles. I was a huge NFL fan at the time. And she had connections to the league and she's like, they're hiring for an event managing position. And I remember like sitting down at the edge of my bed, like I dropped to the edge of the bed, heartbroken because that would have been my dream job. It actually was my dream job. I was like events plus my favorite football team moving to America where like, you know, when you're a black girl there, like you get hollered from that, like from start to finish, like it's really good to feel, sometimes you feel really good about yourself as a black girl in the U S and I was just like, I can't right? like I'm due in September. The football season starts in September. Like it's not even something I could do. I'm not trying to have a baby in the United States of America. I'm like, thank you so much. Oh, hip. So, you know, I had to tell her, I'm like, you know, thank you so much for reaching out. I know that we haven't spoken in a while and it's like, but I'm pregnant and like, I can't. And she was like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. And et cetera, et cetera. And I think that was the first time that I realized there's going to be so many things that I'm going to have to say no to as a result of this one bad relationship decision, not the baby, the relationship was a bad decision. Mm-hmm. Be very clear. I try to yeah. be very clear because then people listening, they're just like, this girl's a terrible mom. She, she regrets having no. no. And I'm just like, and I'm also, but I'm also very honest and clear. I'm just like being a single parent is hard as hell. And I do not recommend. Absolutely not. And I don't even mean like, a, oh, you're co-parenting or, you know, the back and forth and the fighting with us, another human being. I'm like, there is so much that I was unprepared for, for being a single parent that I wouldn't wish on a person that I don't like. And so that, that moment of that job opportunity that I had to let go was really just like, I have to put him first in everything I do for the rest of my life. And, you know, because he didn't choose to be here and I have to live with the decision that I've made. And, you know, so even like just the birthing experience, like called my mom, you know, my mom was there and she's who I would have wanted anyways. Like, even mm-hmm. if I was in a relationship with him, I'm like, I don't need to see you. Yeah, like it would have been mom for me my too. Mom, you know, <laughs> right. Like my mom, she's a nurse. She's done this five times. The same. Oh, she's mom. the pro. She's the yeah, pro she, you want in the room. Exactly. And the doctor who delivered me and my siblings delivered my son. So like the longevity of obstetrics with my family. <laughs> There's he's lineage like, here. There's lineage and legacy like, going on. These are the two people I've known the most in the world. Let's go. I don't need anybody else there. We can. We got this. <laughs> They've got this. Me, whole different story. Them, they're old pros. So it was really beautiful in that particular regards. But again, just like all the things that come up and stuff like that. And, you know, as I said, like it wasn't my life's plan. It's not something that I would have wanted or put on a vision board. And I even was never the person who was like, if I had to choose between being a single parent and never marrying or marrying and never having children, I would have picked the second ladder ladder. Yes. Because I'm like, I can mentor children. I can be a big sister. Like there's other ways to be a mother other than birthing. And we need to celebrate that more in society, right? Like everything is so wrapped up in, if you didn't carry this child, then you are not a mom. And I'm like, I don't believe and subscribe to that. And the human experience is not meant to be lived in one in solitude. 
So I really would have, you know, that would have been, that's how I, and maybe it's because I played a role in raising my younger siblings mm-hmm. at, a, at an early age while I was just like, I've kind of been the mom. I'm kind of good on that. Let me have someone that I can travel the world with and like, let's go. But that being said, like, you know, everything that I have now in the past, you know, specifically like six, seven years since starting BMC, Black Moms Connection is as a result of being a mom. You know, the rooms that I've been in, I don't get called up to meet a prime minister because I'm cute. Like it's because I started this thing that grew outside of my wildest imaginations and has impact on Black mothers across this country and around the world. And it's not started if Jackson doesn't exist. So, you know, the purpose for him is clearly much greater than me. And, you know, I'm grateful for that. And no, that's not going to be every single mom's story, that there's going to be some big thing that comes out of their decision to move forward with a pregnancy that's unplanned. And also, can we just say most pregnancies are unplanned, like even within married couples, like most of them, the only ones that are planned per se are the ones going through IVF and et cetera. And even then when the ovary and the the things connect and take is still not up to anybody else. So most pregnancies actually are unplanned. What was the unplanned part was not me not being in a loving reciprocal relationship at the same time as having as conceiving uh, that child. Yes, exactly. So yeah, I will say like, there's been some ups and downs, some highs and lows, you know, as I mentioned at the top of this, I, you know, no communication with the contributor, as I like to call him until, you know, a year or so ago when he reached out saying he wants to meet him. And I was like, okay, I have to put that my own personal feelings aside. Boys want, that's just what they want. Boys want dads. And I cannot, I can't order one from Amazon, unfortunately. And, but of course, adding to my list of regrets with that human being, he flopped and didn't show. And so I uprooted my son's entire life on a whim and stuff for that person. So he's still impacting my day to days without ever stepping foot in my house and ever having met the person he helped to create, which is hard, you know, but if there's nothing else, and I say this to my son a lot, I'm just like, you know, all your friends, they have two parents, you know, we live in a very affluent part of town. So, you know, they, your friends have access to a lot of things, you know, they can go to their parents and say, can I get X? And maybe they'll, they're faster to get X, but your mom, you know, you've met the prime minister, you get to go in rooms and, you know, have experiences I take you places, you know, we travel together, you know, my current employer made me the coolest mom on the planet to him as a basketball fan. So, you know, there may be things that you're lacking as a result of not having a father, but there's a ton of things that you are not lacking. And I will work my ass off to make sure that the things that I can provide for you, I will. Worldly experiences, you know, being in rooms and spaces and raising you to know that you can enter any room in any way and you can own it. And no one's going to tell you as a little black boy or a grown black man that you don't belong. And that's it. Wow. 
Oh my goodness. First off, thank you for sharing the story. Cause I think you told me when we were chatting, this is actually the first big public expose, if you will, of this story, which was the prequel to your amazing community. Right? Yeah. I don't talk about it often because it's still, I don't want to say a source of shame, but like it just brings up a ton of memories, of course, and emotions. And again, so much has happened since I lost my mom two years ago. So like knowing that she was such a core part of becoming a mother and now to be a motherless, um, a mom who has to mother without one is also just really difficult. So, and it's also, we live in an era where people twist words and misconstrue things often on purpose. And I don't put the story out there because it's really easy for people to say, oh, well, she regrets having her son and she doesn't want to be a mom. And I'm like, to be very frank, no mom wants to be a mom 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There are moms who absolutely would love to just check out and go away and not just pee in peace and (laughs) all sorts of other things. And we have to stop pretending that being a mom is loving it every single second of the day. That is untrue. I do not regret having my son. I regret not giving him a better father, right? I regret not giving him the things that he wants most in the world and has cried for. That's what I regret. And I wouldn't want someone to weaponize it against me because then I'll have to fight and then I'm in the news for fighting. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it just becomes a thing, it's right? It becomes a thing. So it's really, it's hard to tell the story because it's so like, you know, it's one thing when it's audio and people can hear, but if I ever put it in text, people can read it and like twist it and misconstrue it. And I'm like, I just don't want to deal with having to fight people because I'm not a fighter. You're a lover, not a fighter. Me it's too. True. But you will fight when necessary and protecting your son is oh. when you will go to the mat, my girl, yeah. take yeah. off the earrings. And- <laughs> yeah. Like then it's just like calling my friends who are like I, you, everyone needs a friend group where there's at least one group, like one person who will take off the earrings and fight. I'm very good at let's get bail money ready. Who's the attorney? Who do I know? Yeah. What's the interpretation of the law? Like, I'm very good at the logistics behind the scenes, but yeah. I will never be the person who will push someone into traffic as much as <laughs> I might want to. I know that I there's so much to lose, you know. But you are the you are an amazing support team. You're like, I got you. We got, oh, we no, got they all would the get into formation. Yeah. But let's go. Avengers um, assemble. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love it. Well, yeah. So thank you. I think. It is an important story to share so that others who may be experiencing something similar or have and still maybe are carrying a big shame story of their situation with them to hear like, okay, like here's another woman. Here's how she processed this. Here's how she made her decision. And here's how she's living with it every single day. And here's something wonderful and amazing and purpose-driven that was born out of this not ideal situation. So yeah, so I'm so grateful for you for coming on and sharing it. So let's talk about this beautiful other child of yours, not Jackson, but the other baby that was created in all of this, which is your amazing community. Yeah. Tell us about yeah. Black, Black Moms mean, Connect. It, it's sunscreen. <laughs> is its origin story. I was at a splash pad. He was two at the time. It was really hot. And I was like, do they make sunscreen for black people? 
And like caveat, most black yes. people are like raised to think and believe that they don't need sunscreen. That's not true because the ozone does not know that you don't have. Yeah, like, the ozone yes, is not racist. Like mel- melanin and whatever. Like, but it's just like we just believe that we don't. And then the current, like the mainstream, like walk into any drugstore sunscreens, they have the zinc oxide in it, which of course is a protectant, but on black skin, it turns us into Casper the ghosts, right? It doesn't blend in. It just ends up, we look like literal ghosts. So when I ask for sunscreen for black skin, it means like it will blend in and I can still look Mm -hmm. like a human being. And like most, you know, Gen Xers, older millennials, I was in mom groups on Facebook because that's what we did. We joined Mm -hmm. mom groups on Facebook, but they weren't diverse spaces. And, you know, oftentimes I would see questions that had anything to do with race, you know, be kind of shut down or why are you bringing that up or whatever it is. So I asked 12 of my friends, hey, if I started this thing, would you join? They said, sure, because, you know, why not? It's free. It's nothing off their nose and backs to do. And I was like, that's it. Great. I built this thing. Yay. And it wasn't until the spring of 2016 when we went from 400 to 4,000 in two months where I was like, oh, this is a thing. I was like, yeah, the growth was insane. And it was a lot of U.S. moms and, you know, all the police brutality things that were coming up, the Trayvon Martin things and all these things that moms needed a space to say, I'm afraid for myself. I'm afraid for my son and not be gaslit, not be told that, you know, why are you bringing the race card in and all lives matter and all this stuff. They needed to be able to talk to other people who would just get it. That is the basis of humanity. We all find a commonality, religion, geography, interests. We find people who look and sound or share something similar to us. That is literally the definition of humanity. So birds of a feather flock together. Exactly. And so, you know, it grew and we turned it into a nonprofit organization later that year because I'm big on tangibles, right? I'm like you can leave inspired and motivated and a space to bend, but I'm like, how am I helping you raise your babies? Right. And so that's where we were born out of. And yeah, I'm immensely proud of everything that it's accomplished since then. First of all, shout out to, I call them the ninjas, the admins of the Facebook group that keep the heartbeat going. And that's what I call the community, the online community, which is now nine chapters, 30,000 moms around the world. Shout out to my board and my team who do a lot of work to find the funders, build the relationships, build the programs and the community. And what the advantage to us as an organization is we build a community first the people were there and then we're like, we're going to build an organization to serve them. Oftentimes it goes backwards. And then when the, those same organizations are looking for funding, they're looking for funding to match the funder. I look for funders to match the program, to match the need of the community. When the community is talking about, I want to learn about investing in stocks. I reach out to Well Simple. Hey, Well Simple, I have a group of moms who want to learn about investing in stocks. Do you want to come have a conversation? They're like, duh. I'm like, exactly. And that's how that, then it's tangible. Moms mm-hmm. want to learn about investing. Well, simple is an investing app. One plus one equals two. I don't build things based off of my own thoughts and my own ideas. I'm responding to actual community needs. So we do financial literacy programs, events. We're going to, we're going to launch a business version of it. We're finally going national with our Finlit U program, which is our eight-week masterclass program. UOK Mama is our wellness vertical. We give out money, so emergency grants to moms. We have our rent bank where we'll make a payment to a rent or housing 
mortgage provider directly. So that the stress of, oh my gosh, my mortgage is due and I'm $400 short doesn't can be alleviated. Those are real tangible things that have real tangible impacts on how they can parent, how they can be employees, how they can be employers, and how they can, you know, just show up and live and exist. So I'm really immensely proud of the things that we've accomplished. Sometimes I feel like our progress is slower than I want it to be, but we're exactly where we need to be and um, continues to, to continue to grow. And we continue to be mentioned in rooms and in places that I couldn't have foreseen six, seven years ago when I started the States. Wow. So proud. So proud. Congratulations. And good for you for taking the ball and running with it, right? Seeing the need and being like, this needs to be fixed. And, you know, maybe being like, someone needs to do this thing. And instead you're like, well, I'm just going to do it. That's probably the event planner in you of just been like, hey, something needs to get done. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And here's the thing about when you say you're an event planner, people assume like, oh, you must be like type A and like very like rigid personality. I'm like, that tells me that you've never planned an event. An event is like a B. It's like a toddler. You do everything to make sure that it doesn't run into the street. Like you, and it will, as soon as you think that it's sitting down quietly doing something, you turn around and there's flour all over the floor and Vaseline all over the walls if you're not paying attention. So you have to be able to pivot and adapt really quickly. And I think that life plus everything else has led me to being the type of mom that I am, the type of leader that I am. I try to be responsive. I try to be solution minded, not just bent about the problems. You know, I'm still going to do that's what my Twitter is for. But I'm also going to be like, at a certain point, you have to stop talking about the problem and how big it is. Action. And yeah. just action. And, you know, it seems to be working. And, you know, I'm, I'm confident and I've told my team, I'm like, we're going to be a $10 million organization within the next five years. We're well on our way not even remotely close to that in the bank. But I firmly believe that, you know, because we're being seen by who we're being seen by, because we're being funded by who we're being funded by, when one bank says yes to you, the other banks are more likely to say yes to you. Because banks are notoriously risk averse, especially Canadian banks. They're like, no, 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 we don't trust. So, you know, having these big names say, we will give this organization money means that I can go to other big name organizations to be like, Unilever gave me money. Facebook is partnered with us. Like Samsung's partnered with us. Like you guys are going to be behind the eight ball. Right. And we also help them check off boxes, gender and race. Like it's a win-win for everybody. I will take these DEI coins every day of the week because they add up, they add up and I'm putting them to work. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. So yeah, that's just, it's exhausting because I'm also now a full-time employee. I was recruited for a position that, you know, really got to use all of my experience, my copywriting, my marketing, my event planning, my fundraising, my charity work, my advocacy. It's literally all in one for probably one of the coolest employers in the country. So I'm very lucky, but I'm also very tired. Yeah, yeah. Circling back to the top of the episode, I'm tired, which is the now what question. So Tanya, now what? And you're like, I'm just tired. I am tired. Yeah. Now what? I think so. A few things. I mean, you know, really just continue. I've only been here at this job for three months. So, you know, continue to just kind of do the work and build and make sure I'm showing up and make sure that I'm adjusting. Right. I've not had a full time employer since 2015. 
So really just adjusting to a lot of different things. I got to ask permission to go places. I got to put in for vacation day. Like I don't know that world. I'm like, what, what is that? But I'm grateful that my employers know who I am, right? They Googled me. They know Tanya does speaking. Tanya does writing. Tanya does a wide variety of things. Tanya is going to get a call from the minister of, you know, childcare. And she's going to take that call, but I'm always going to try and find a way to loop it into what else I'm doing at my work. So they always know that I'm, I have that integrity. What Um, I think is cool is that more employers are seeing the benefits of having entrepreneurs as employees and allowing them to do more than just their job. And they are seeing studies are showing that it's actually people are better employees when they have a side hustle, when they have a passion, when they have something else going on in their life that they can a use as a creative outlet. If their creative outlet is not in their nine to to five or are very resourceful in bringing some things to the door and to the desk that they are currently sitting at. So yeah, I think they're they're shifting. There's more shifting because back in the day, I, you know, when I first started my, my, my business, I was an undercover entrepreneur, <laughs> right? Like it was, it was hush. Like yeah. no one can know at work that yeah. you're doing this thing because it was seen as you're not committed to the job and to the company. Like, and I'm like time theft. And I'm like, time theft happened when we went to work from home. Let's be very, very honest. But if the work still got done, then it shouldn't have mattered. It should have never mattered. If I'm efficient and I get all my stuff done in four hours, I should be able to go. Why am I still here for eight hours to be sitting in an office to be seen at my desk doing what exactly? Right. The, you know, and I'm never one for idle hands. There's always something to do, but I'm just like, now it's, I can do both as long as nothing major has dropped you know, no major balls have dropped, no major deadlines have passed, no one's looking for me, you know, I put this in my work calendar so that for one hour, I'm like, I'm not at my desk, I'm in a meeting room, you know, it's okay. And then I'm going to go back to my desk and I'll work through my lunch or I'll like work and walk or whatever it is, like the work will still get done. And so I think that is why employers are looking at it, looking at former entrepreneurs a little bit differently. Hey, we're really good at multitasking. We had to be tech support, customer service, sales, development, research. We had to do all the things. No one can multi. And I'm like, and I'm a mom. So I'm just like, you put mom plus entrepreneur. Double down. No one can multitask better than me. Yesterday, I'm in a meeting room. My son calls me. I'm like, why are you calling me from school? He's like, I forgot my lunch. I'm like, well, you've got keys. We live close for a reason make sure you leave, make sure you're back in time for your class. And don't forget to lock the door. Don't forget to, exactly. I'm like, I literally, I'm literally at the bottom of the city. I cannot help you. You have to figure this out. I have a meeting to go to. Bye. And that's just how it goes. Otherwise I would have had to let me like, guys, I got to go. I have a mom emergency. And they also would have had to let me. Mm -hmm. Right. I think sometimes we're so used to having to ask things. And I'm like, I'm not asking you. I'm telling telling you you that my son needs to eat and there's no way for him to get fed today. And so I'm going to go make sure that's happened. I will talk to you guys later. I'll take meetings from a phone. I'll reschedule to another day. I don't save lives. 
So most things that I do in my personal day-to-day are not time-sensitive or life-threatening. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Oh my goodness. All right. So obviously you said you are a bit of a social media maven. Where do you like to hang out? Where can the people find you? Where can they get some of that quick wit on the social channels? So my favorite, I call Twitter my digital playground. I will say Twitter is not for everybody. It is rife with landfills and potholes and landmines. And I can go from enraged to entertained in 3.5 seconds. But that being said, it is also a wonderful place to get breaking news Mm -hmm. well before the other platforms. Everyone is forced to be succinct with a point. I know like you can create a Twitter thread or whatever, but I'm like, you have to get your point across in 240 characters or less. And I love that. It forced, you know, and it's made me a better copywriter. Yeah. Because I'm just like, sometimes you need to be able to like, how do we say this in a short sentence? And I'm like, I've had a lot of practice on the Twitters. So, Tweeting yeah. has trained me for this assignment. Yes, exactly. And All right. So I'm on there. I'm on the Instagram. I'm on the LinkedIn. Obviously, I'm still on Facebook because of the community. I can never shut my Facebook account down, unfortunately. But I would say Twitter is where I play the most. Awesome. Excellent. Well, all of your links are going to be in the show notes so people can hit you up and say hi and all that cool stuff. All right. Anything else you want to share with the peeps that you want them to know about the lovely Tanya and the beautiful Jackson and this amazing life that you didn't plan for, but couldn't think of anything else other than having it? No, I would say, you know, for me, I'm just like, my life is not an easy one. But when I think of it, or when I take a step back, and I'm able to do either a monthly recap or a yearly recap, and I list out all the good, man, it's great. And I'm so grateful, because life could be very, very different for me. It could have been a very different path that I went down um, if I didn't have the upbringing that I did. And if I didn't have the people around me who are around me, whether, you know, past or present. So I'm grateful for it all. And yeah, loved having this conversation. Oh, well, we loved having you. All right, everybody, that is it for us for today. Thanks, Tanya, for joining me. If this episode resonated with you, or if you know somebody who is going through something similar, because there's a lot of people mm-hmm. who are having moments where they're, oh my gosh, now what? Please, please, please share this episode with them. It could just help them figure out their own now what story. All right, Tanya, thanks so much. And if, hey, if you're a patron, head over to patreon.com backslash I just blank. Now what? Me and Tanya are going to continue this conversation. We're going to give you a little extra juicy bonus. So make sure you're a patron, sign up for that and come hang out with us over there. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank Now What? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do, how to move forward and help you answer now what. See you on the next episode.